Hi, this is Kiki from Mission Spooky. When we first started this podcast, we were absolutely sure we knew what we were doing. And we kind of did. But some of our first episodes are pretty rough in comparison to what we do now. We love the research and all the fun we had recording these first few episodes, so we didn't want to archive them. Instead, we decided to let you know things get a whole lot better in the future. We appreciate you listening to these old dumpster fires. And now, on with the show. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists. The kind of place we expect a ghost to like to wander around. I'll help you. I'm something of a witch. Welcome to Mission Spooky. I'm your Pretty okay, wonderfully fantastic host, JC. With me, as per usual, is the decently okay Kiki. I think that was a downgrade from my last one. That's what you get. Try and threaten me with the opinions of our listeners. In all fairness, it was literally one listener who really bitched about you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because it wasn't even your husband. It wasn't. It was like one of my best friends. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I'll say her name because, and then I know she'll appreciate it. But I'm going to say both their names. So get ready, lady and gentlemen. Jack and Lee, <laughs> who immediately texted and called me and were like, Who is this JC? That's it. We're coming. We're coming up there to Pennsylvania. We're going to kick his ass. How dare he talk about you in that fashion? I welcome the challenge. Uh, just once again, note, I have, uh, a machete and two swords in my car at all times, and I welcome, I welcome the challenge. But also, thank you for listening, and you're a wonderful person. (laughs) You're so great just for listening and then giving us your feedback, which we appreciate whether or not we decide, I decide to listen to it, (laughs) because I'm going to keep putting her down because truly it's the only way i feel good about myself since i do so little for this podcast it's impressive <laughs> it works we're a good team all right so before we get started on today's topic a little bit of business forget that we'll be playing on december 21st at the crossroads at 78 north avenue in garwood new jersey and they're going to be start playing i think around 7 p.m So head over and enjoy. And my understanding is I have not been to the Crossroads, but apparently they have an awesome Cajun menu. All right, listen, this podcast today is extremely serious. (laughs) She's doing her best, guys. Once again, I I know so little of what's going to be talked about in this. Uh, So... The fact that Kiki's already laughing and I might have to try and be the reasonable person and the one that reigns her in, okay. this is going to be a scary episode. Okay, 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 okay. You okay over there? <laughs> no, I'm not. I seriously am not sure if I'm going to be able to read any of this with a straight face. I can't. I can't, guys. Okay. So first we're going to tell you about the Yule Log, which is a heathen tradition. And this part is very serious. So I'm going to get that part out first. 
The idea was to have a log that you brought in all night during the longest night of the year, winter solstice, to symbolize the life lasting even through a time of great darkness. And its fire represented the rekindling of the sun in the morning. And then the ashes or pieces of the log were used as protection amulets, which I think is pretty cool. Those of us without a fireplace, even because this tradition goes on today. So if you don't have a fireplace, you can get a 24-hour candle and light that, and that can symbolize your Yule log. That's about as serious as it's going to get. From here on out, it's going to be really difficult for me to keep a straight face talking about this stuff. I'm so excited. So we are going to talk about Yule log first. And the next parts um, are going to be about the Christian version of Yule log. And then after that, uh, we got some really cool sort of strange traditions that are around Christmas and not necessarily pagan or heathen in origin. So for Christians who took the Yule log from the heathens as they took almost all of Christmas, I mean, let's face it, they took all of Christmas from Yule. Uh, Cough, cough. Jesus was born in August. Cough, cough. Thank you. See, JC acts like he doesn't know anything, but he does. I know something. I'm not prepared for what we're going to be talking about on most of these episodes. So the Yule log has come to symbolize the battle between good and evil or how Christ will triumph over sin. However, I'm personally not exactly sure how that's supposed to work because if Christ is the log and the fire is evil, well, he's just going to be turned into a pile of ashes. So how is that a win? Are you sure that it's that that's what it means? That's the representation? Oh, yeah, because Christians are dumb. And <laughs> Okay, like, okay. Unless uh, let's, fire, let's not go like, that far. Let's not go that. They're not dumb. It's okay, just a very... Christian mythology is dumb. It's a very strange interpretation of, and hey, you know what? If you're if you're a Christian, you're listening, and I and that's not correct. That is kind of what we grew up with. And like I said, I was raised Catholic, so uh, this stuff that I'm about to talk about, this is still in my purview. Yeah, you know, we're not here to necessarily offend people. We're just gonna talk about your religion in a maybe upsetting and offensive way. Let's say if you're not on board with this, maybe uh, check out now. No, 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 no. Don't. We're going to try and be nice. We're going to try and be nice. But you might take this as kind of what might be considered offensive because we're going to talk about your religion as though it's a mythology. And I'm not going to give it any more respect or anything than I would Kiki's quote unquote religions. That's from JC, the atheist. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, agnostic, uh, atheist, agnostic, agnostic atheist. Uh, now, I'm, I, I'm going to take this seriously for a reason, though, because I want to point out in this one, this episode specifically, is that there are some very strange Christian-based customs and traditions. And uh, I just remember, you know, kind of growing up and being sort of made fun of if you were pagan or heathen. You know, oh, you worship all these gods. What the hell is wrong with you? Blah, blah, blah. Guys, we're going to talk about, first of all, the Tio de Nadal and do you know what that is, guys? I'm going to speak for them and say no. The Tio de Denal dates back to the industrial era when feces was a big business. Yes, that's right, spooksters. We're talking about poop in a Christmas story, and it's not South Park. I believe this episode's about to get real shitty. Please, it has taken all of anything left of professionalism that I have <laughs> to talk about this without cracking up see i'm doing my best to restrain myself because i know i have to be the responsible adult here 
so that I can reel you in because you've been just laughing over the last eight days. When I was writing this episode, it was about two o'clock in the morning and my child was sleeping next to me. And I woke him up because I was laughing hysterically. My husband was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why don't you go to sleep? I'm like, I got to finish this. I had such a giggling fit. It was ridiculous. And I, when I get to the part that made me laugh the most, it's coming up in a few minutes, guys. So I'm really going to try to hold it together. Okay. This comes from the Catalan farmers. We're talking Spain here. Okay. So they used to fertilize their fields, obviously, with you know, poo. And the buying and selling of waste provided a valuable source of revenue. This is an economy. But the poo trade lent itself to many festive traditions. I'm not exactly sure why. But they include the cagane, which is a little ceramic dude who defecates in a nativity scene. Can you repeat that, please? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Does he go, does he go like next to the three wise men or over by the sheep or is he like just on the little, um, the little barn or do you just put him right next to Jesus? Little baby Jesus says that is, where do you put the guy just taking a dome? What is with these people? Uh, no, you're right. I remember specifically in the story of the nativity where it was, uh, John, his name was John, that's actually where we get the name John for toilets from, was behind Jesus. He was the owner of the stable, and he was just taking a big old dump during the the three wise men were like, could you find somewhere maybe not so close to a baby? And he's like, this is where I do my poop. I remember that story. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Ugh. Yeah, I was definitely taught that story in Catholic school. Yeah, so just so you guys know, uh, Kagane means shitter. Like, he's actually shitting where Jesus is, and no one seems to complain about this at all. I would have I would have wanted to speak to a manager. <laughs> okay, Karen. <laughs> Who is managing this um, nativity scene? Uh, excuse me, but there's someone defecating in the corner over there. So the Kagane gave rise to the Teo log. Each year... <sighs> you can do this, Kiki. Dear... Loki, please give me the strength to just get through this next paragraph. Each year, beginning after the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, on December the 8th, Catalan families will bring out their log to feed it offerings <laughs> of nuts. She couldn't do it. Uh, this is obvious proof that Loki doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm gonna die. We'll get through this, guys. We'll get through this. The recording of this episode has taken seven years. Um, you feed it nuts, vegetables, and water, and then children feed the Tio in hopes that it will bring them sweet treats on Christmas Eve. Wait, sweet treats from a log? Step one, how do you feed a log? Here's the thing. We're going to get into that in a minute, okay? Because when you hear the tie-in that I'm going to give you, it's going to be great. Okay. Sorry, guys. I'm going to try to keep it professional from now on. To keep the Tio happy and warm, he is often covered with his little red blanket. Oh, that's cute. It is, it is kind of cute. He's got a big happy face on him, too, that they draw on there. On Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, it varies depending on your family, the children will gather around their log and begin beating it with sticks so wait, <laughs> while singing a traditional song 
called the Kaga to you to entice him to poop out presents. Let me just let me just keep going. Let me just get through this okay. part, and then you can have at it. Okay. Okay, because I have several things. After they have beaten the log and sang their song, the children go into another room to pray to Tio, and they pray that it brings them sweets. When they return, they lift up the blanket to discover that their log has dropped goodies. Each member of the family takes a turn reaching into the pile that was left for them and passes Tio's gifts around to share. And the family has feasted on the treats. The Tio is traditionally burned to provide the family warmth. And also, now that you've just made a fucking Christmas butzaman, yeah, you better burn that little bastard. I want a horror movie about this. December 26th. That little fucker gets up and starts shitting on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, assholes! (laughs) So, first off, I'd like to state that I I beat a certain log every night. Um, (laughs) Secondly, so they're using sticks to beat this log. Do you think they're from the same tree? And if they are, do you think the log knows? And if it, it does... Does it know it's being hit with parts of its body? And is that essentially the equivalent of chopping somebody's arms and legs off and then using them to beat them with <laughs> to death? Yeah, no. Actually, not, not no. to death. Just until they poo. Just until they poo. How do you feed a log food? And then how does a log poop? How, how do you make a log poop? And how does hitting the log make it poop? Obviously, there are far too many questions. And that need to be resolved. I have, I have a fourth question. What crazy uncle created this? Because this is just like some some weird uncle that like, oh, you guys only invite me down twice a year. Uh, you know what? It's Homeless Gary. Homeless Gary invented this festivity. So um, I just want to point out this whole thing brings new meaning for me to Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. <laughs> Oh, I wonder if it's from this. Yeah. See, I, I'm i sorry. As a as a watcher of South Park, it, it never, ever occurred to me to actually look up and see if they'd taken this idea from somewhere else. And lo and behold, here we are. Because Catalan is not the only European community to have fecal Christmas traditions. Oh, no. France, Naples, Mercia, Portugal, they all have the figurine. And then my favorite, because the Germans don't mess around. <laughs> the Hinterleider, also known as the breech loader. <laughs> okay. They did wear breeches, and he just loaded them up with something. Oddly enough, a breech loader is also a type of gun. Interesting. Outside the obvious potty humor, the pooping figure may be an allusion to a Spanish proverb, dung is no saint, and where it falls, it works miracles. It could also symbolize the equality of all people because... Everybody poop. Everybody poops. Unless you're an android, and then you must be destroyed. Well, how do we go from poop to anti-robot speech? Because I'm pro-robot. Bad lip reading. What? Bad lip reading on YouTube. Just look up bad lip reading on YouTube. They took a song from the Black Eyed Peas and made another song out of the video. And it's called Everybody Poops Unless You're an Android. Oh, okay. Very funny shit. (laughs) 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 All right. On to something less hysterical. The Christmas Pickle. Oh, I know this one. I was just going to ask you, do you know about the Christmas Pickle? What do you know? I know that the first person that finds the 
Christmas pickle gets money. And I also know I've never won. Oh, poor JC. So we do the Christmas pickle as well. Um, but we have multiple ones. And then whoever finds the first one gets like five lottery tickets, like scratch off tickets. Whoever finds the second one gets four. And then it goes down and whoever's last only gets one. That way, everybody gets something, you know. And that's just my mom being like super sweet. She doesn't want any of us kids to not get something. Your mom you know? is a sweetheart. Can I Can I suggest what if? The person that gets the fifth one and only gets one gets, like, the winning lottery ticket. And then, well, I got the least, I got the most. Well, it's kind of funny because one year it worked like that. I was my husband got, I think, the last one and he won $50. Nice. So that was pretty cool. Okay. So what about, tell me about this Christmas pickle. Where do you think it originates from? Well, my family that celebrates it is from all over the place. But mainly P.A. Dutch. The tradition is thought to be German in origin, but um, I'm going to ruin Christmas for you guys. I doubt it. A recent survey of Germans proved that only 8% of them even know about the quote-unquote pickle tradition of Germany. Okay. And only 2% of them practiced the tradition. While it's possible that a small pocket of Germany, almost like Catalan, is doing this Tio de, de Nadal thing, it's possible that it's regional in Germany. But the truth is that it was started by an American company called Old World Christmas Shop, who still sells the pickle to this day. And in the 1980s, the owner wrote the whole tradition out and sold it with the pickle. The pickle itself probably came from molds that originated in the 1930s and were sold at Woolworth. And so technically it's a concocted tradition. Made up. Okay. Yeah. Um, because Americans will believe anything as long as you use the word tradition. Uh, true. And um, it's worked because if 37 years, this is still their top selling ornament. And in 2017, they sold over 25,000 just the pickle ornament, which roughly translates to $175,000 worth of Christmas pickle. That's a lot of green. <laughs> Get it? Because pickles are also green. Oh, shucks, JC. You're at it again. Okay, so another, I don't say weird, but just most people don't know about this one. I'm interested. You have my attention. This is a real one. It's the legend of the Christmas spider. Have you heard this one? Uh, no. You're about to. <laughs> well, tune me in. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this is from Eastern European Folktale, and it explains the origin of tinsel on your Christmas tree. It was most prevalent in the Ukraine, where small ornaments in the shape of spiders are traditionally part of their Christmas tree decorations. The origins of the folktale are not exactly clear, and they actually can go back and forth between saying it was Germany or the Ukraine, and even Poland. All those places you'll find a traditional uh, ornament of a spider on the tree, so it could be anywhere in that vicinity that started the folktale. But it goes like this. A poor but hard-working widow once lived in a small hut with her children. One summer day, a pine cone fell on the earthen floor of the hut and took root. The widow's children cared for the tree, excited at the prospect of having a Christmas tree by winter. The tree grew, but when Christmas Eve arrived, Arrived, they could not afford to decorate it. The children sadly went to bed and fell asleep. Wait, I'm sorry. You said on Christmas Eve they decorated it? Not the not the first day of November. Not not October 1st, but the day right before Christmas is when they decorated. Is that right, Kiki? That is 100% correct. And I just want to point out that in my own family, our tradition was we did not decorate the Christmas tree 
until Christmas Eve. Nice. Very, very nice. I believe that people just shouldn't decorate for Christmas because it's a waste of time and uh, it's cold outside. So why bother? Well, like people that decorate outside, too cold. Well, since you're decorating in November now anyway, you know. Still too cold. So they went to sleep and they were sad. Early the next morning, they woke up and saw the tree was covered with cobwebs. When they opened the window, the first rays of sunlight touched the cobwebs and turned them into gold and silver. Oh, that's nice. And the widow was overjoyed, and so were the kids, and then they never lived in poverty again. So that was a special oh, magical... Yeah. of gold and silver. Yeah, it was a special magical... Um, Christmas miracle. Christmas spider, which now I want to, like, make one. I like I like that little tradition. It's, it's, it's nice, because it's not over the top. It's not beating the shit out of a log. <laughs> You know, it's nice. It's wholesome. I like wholesome sometimes. Yeah. And what I think is interesting is that in many cultures, the spider is a trickster, but not necessarily uh, a bad one, like a Nazi from the African traditions. I don't know if you read any of those tales. I read them to the kid now because I was read them when I was a child. How a Nazi does things that get him in trouble, but he always winds up learning a lesson in the end. Spiders are cool. Don't kill spiders in your house either. I cannot stand spiders, but we had this dark fishing spider that was in here and I freaked out, but I managed to hold my shit together. (laughs) Pun intended. And I got a plastic container and I put her in it and she was fucking huge. I don't know if you've ever seen a dark fishing spider. They're enormous. They're Mm. ridiculous. And I got her into a thing and she scared the crap out of me. (laughs) And then I put her outside and she was okay. It was terrifying. Absolutely. For me, it was terrifying. Yeah, I I don't. Uh, recommend killing spiders because just you know they're just they're living their best life so we're gonna end our little european tales of weirdness on um what i think is just a fantastic note which is that finland likes to have a christmas sauna everybody just goes to the sauna on christmas clears their head together as a family resting quietness and who doesn't love a sauna i mean you say that now but imagine seeing like your grandfather's just old naked body See, that's where I'm at. Nope, I don't like this idea. They're not naked, JC. In my fantasy, in the sauna, (laughs) they're naked. So, in everyone's reality, they should be naked. First of all, I just want to say that the photographs on the Finnish website showed only beautiful young families completely covered in, you know, towels, etc. They were gorgeous. This is Finland. If if we ever get anyone who listens in Finland, I just want to let you know that that better not be a lie. Like if when I go to Finland, it's a marketing I, campaign. I want all of you to be just absolutely gorgeous. Okay, like that's what's in my head now is that everyone, if just like Norway, everyone in Norway is gorgeous. No, everyone in Finland's gorgeous. I everyone in Iceland's gorgeous. It. You know, they're they're better than Americans for sure because we are just disgustingly beautiful people they still have their uggos everywhere has their uggos everywhere has their squonks oh nice yeah bringing the squonk in oh yeah okay we're gonna move on to pennsylvania traditions Ooh, that's where we are from how cool appropriate this is a good one I bet you've never heard of this. I doubt it. So in Lancaster County, German immigrants hung their trees upside down because most of the ornaments were edible and they didn't want mice eating them. You're right. I never heard of that. That is that is uh, correct. There's pictures. I'll have to share all this stuff with you guys on Instagram. In Bethlehem, which is not too far from where we are now, uh, the Moravians design elaborate nativity scene dioramas called 
a putz, which I found out is German for plaster, but also decoration. So these were so fancy that folks would actually travel to each other's homes to see everyone's setups. And at uh, the Moravian College, I believe, in downtown Bethlehem, they do a huge nativity diorama that's pretty off the chain for dioramas. Like there's real plants and stuff, you know. But I just want to I just want to talk about a putz for a second because I saw it and the first thing I thought of was oh that guy's such a putz, right? Yeah, cuz you're a plaster head. And then I was like, what if that when people say you get plastered cuz you're drunk and then you're a putz. Oh, you're a drunk. Right? Like, wow, mind blown. <clears throat> Thank you Moravians for, you know, letting me know what the hell that actually meant. But the fact that it also means decorations because, you know, German. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm only saying that because, I, like, I've said a million times, I'm trying to learn German. And what is with one word meaning, like, a million different things just depending on what you put in front of it? Oh, my. I can't. It. Yeah, anyway. I'm getting there. It's all right. Anyway. Uh, okay, next one. Amish. They celebrate second Christmas. Are they the hobbits of Christmas? Yes. Uh, I'd also like to point out that in some European countries, which I can't remember exactly which ones, but people actually do have second breakfast. That's like a real thing. I was impressed. Well, duh. Right? Like second breakfast? Dude, why not? Okay, so second Christmas is celebrated with pork knuckles and sauerkraut. It's another day to go visit family and friends that you may not have gotten to see on Christmas Day. And I think that's nice because when we were celebrating christmas when i was little um we would actually do that on christmas eve yeah their second christmas is the 26th so they wait for the next day after so kids will yeah kids will actually be out of school then for like those three days all right italian americans i don't know how many people know it unless they're italian pit cells i'm i'm interested you've never had a pit cell no oh you're gonna have them this year buddy oh yeah It is a cookie. Ooh, I'm even more interested. And it's made with a very special Pitzel press, which is like a special waffle maker. Okay. Only they are super thin. Okay. And crisp when they come out. And they're flavored with anise. And they're great with coffee. And so to to this day, like that's a huge deal for Italian Americans since my family is part Italian. Uh, My grandmother would make these things now my mom makes them every single year and everybody gets a bundle of pit cells to take home like nice. all, every family member this one um i'd heard about alongside the the fishes on christmas eve i think did you ever hear about that the the sacred fishes there's some ridiculous amount of fishes that you're supposed to eat all at the same time nope nope never I, heard of it okay i didn't do i f- actually kind of forgot that i was going to add that in here but I'll mention it now because we're going to talk about oysters on Christmas Eve. Irish-American tradition. I, I'm taking it you never heard of this one either. No. Okay. I have heard of it, but it's not something that we do. Okay. It is a Christmas meal in Ireland. Usually had a simple stew made of 
dried ling, which is of codfish type fish, uh, milk, butter, and pepper. And so when the Irish came to the United States, though, they couldn't find ling anymore, but they could find oysters because oysters even in the 1860s were canned and pickled and dried throughout the entire country. So they were readily available at the time and they have the same like salty chewiness to them. So they sort of transferred their ling stew to create an oyster stew. I seem to have focused a lot on food, by the way. Food's important in a lot of traditions because <clears throat> food brings people together. Which is what, you know, Enchanted Eats was based on, was the idea that we can we can all agree that we all need to eat, <laughs> you know. Uh, and now I'm going to talk about drinking, though. Ooh, one of my favorite activities. I mean, I don't drink that often. I don't have a problem. <laughs> you have a problem. This is a coal country special. So you have to live out here... Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton, Anthracite country, right? It was brought here by Lithuanian immigrants, and it's called Boilo. And it is a very simple recipe, and I'm going to make it. And I'm going to put that recipe on Instagram, too, because I think some of you guys out there might want to give this a try. It is, uh, the, the ingredients are clover honey, oranges, lemons, cinnamon sticks, caraway seeds, and a half gallon of grain alcohol. Nice. That sounds... Pretty okay. That sounds delightful. Yeah. So I'm going to make it because it's like really super easy. You just, you, you kind of boil all these things down. And then I believe the way that it's going to happen will be sort of a, a syrupy type thing is going to happen. And at the end, you pour the alcohol into that syrup and mix it up. And it's going to be like, yeah, I think it's going to taste really fucking good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. I'm excited to try that. And the best part is that because you do have to drive quite a ways to get back and forth to the studio. Yes, the studio. Yes. I can put it in a um, a mason jar, lid it up, and you can take it with you so you can drink it at the house. You don't have to. We because, don't want you drinking and driving. Yes. Responsible. Yes. Don't don't drink and drive, guys. If you could have one one thing from us. I know we always say, you know, don't die, but if you do, contact us. Don't contact us if you die drinking and driving, because we'll be very sad, and we'll miss you. Don't do it, guys. Just don't. That's coming from JC, from my heart, from JC's little tiny heart. I love you guys, all of you, except you, and you know who you are. On that note, I'm going to end with one of the best little traditions we have going around here. Again, our Pennsylvania Germans, Pennsylvania Dutch, and, and Swiss immigrants. The Belschnickel. Belschnickel? Yes. I heard of this. He was on a popular TV show that aired for several years, and one of the main characters played him on a Christmas episode. That is how I'll describe my knowledge of the Belschnickel. Yep, that's not untrue. I know what you're talking about. The uh, TV show was filmed in the city of Scranton. Well, it wasn't actually filmed there. It was set there. So the Belschnickel is a sinister version of Santa Claus. While he brings gifts to children on Christmas, the Belschnickel threatens children who misbehave, and he beats them with a switch. Wait, what What kind of switch? Do you think it was a heavy one or a light switch? It was switch? a light switch. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite jokes, guys. He rattles his chains and commits acts of vandalism, harassment, and some light home invasion. So some B&Es there. How is there light home invasion? Like, it's either home invasion or not. I don't think in the, like, the judge is going to be like, well, sir, you're, um, you've only done light home invasion, so we'll take it easy. 
No, it's you commit home invasion, go to fuck to jail. So how does he commit home invasion? I don't know. Would you say that technically Santa also commits home invasion? On such a grand scale that I think that's the only reason the guy hasn't been caught. Because we're talking about, like, you'd have to have Interpol involved. It, you know. Yeah, really, it's just all the different, like, police yeah. departments, essentially, being like, no, we'll arrest him. No, we'll arrest him. And then the other problem I see with that is that he's not taking anything that isn't specifically left for him. And then he's leaving stuff behind. But here's my thing, though. He comes in and he and he takes the cookies and the milk that you left him or whatever your tradition is because there are t- oh, we didn't even talk about that but maybe another time so he comes in he takes his cookies and his milk if he's American and then what if he was leaving like I don't know soiled underwear under your tree you probably call the cops right but no because he's leaving gifts for the kids he's able to get away with this white privilege I'm telling you so what you're saying is he commits home invasion people are trying to bribe him so he's accepting bribes and then he's bribing people to not call the police on him santa is one of the biggest criminals in this world and i believe there should be an expedition to the antarctica or the north pole wherever it is maybe he's not really at the north pole maybe he's at the south pole we don't know because he's a criminal he could be lying and we need to execute this man on site he's too dangerous to live you heard it from jc first guys we need to kill santa you know all i have to say is movie idea (laughs) Hold on, wait, because we've already had Santa versus the Martians, okay? <laughs> we have. All right, okay. What if we do a film, Gryla, Belgenickel, and Krampus versus Santa Claus? Does Santa have his army of elves? Oh, we do it. We're doing this. Yeah, we let's do it. Okay. Of course, he has his quote-unquote army. How many elves? I mean, let's say five hundred. Okay, so five hundred elves. But Gryla has 40 children, 13 of which are like total psychos. Okay, Meat Hook alone could probably take out like 150 elves by himself. No, that's not true. Because Santa also has nine badass reindeer. I, I'm including Rudolph. I, no, I was going to say, I beg to differ that all night. I really honestly think that Blitzen is the only one that could really take anybody out. No, they're all badass, and they'll work work as a team, and uh, reindeer, they're pretty impressive creatures, especially, they all have magic powers, they can all fly, okay? Rudolph has a red nose, which is blinding, I assume, if it can light up Santa's way through blizzards and stuff, it has to be a pretty bright freaking light. Also, the last I saw, Santa befriended a yeti, (laughs) so he has access to the yeti militia. Hold on while Kiki does research to try and prove her point that she would win this fight. Santa ain't going down with no fight. I know several minutes ago I said that we should be killing Santa. Okay, Krampus? He also has evil elves. Oh, exceedingly strong, able to casually overpower, maul, and lift grown humans. Super stamina. As a god, he never tires. Teleportation. He can teleport to another location in the blink of an eye. And you know where I'm getting this information from? Supernatural fandom site. (laughs) One moment while I throw up. <laughs> I'd, I'd trust Wikipedia more. And we're starting with Krampus. Here's his weakness. Um, if he's given a piece of fruit, typically an apple or an orange, by a child, he will sit down to eat the gift, sharing it with whomever is there, and engage in polite conversation. Krampus then leaves the area, harming no one. Krampus may be a demon, but he is fair and impartial. Might I suggest that Santa knows that. As Krampus is, to my knowledge, Santa's biggest foe. He would easily know how to take out Krampus. 
So Krampus is hardly a match as he would be the first one Santa disables. So what you're saying is that Santa Claus would be willing to put a child in danger in order to get rid of Krampus? Uh, What I'm saying is Santa really wouldn't be putting that child in danger because Santa would know that that child is well instructed in how to get rid of uh, Krampus. So the child's not really in danger. Except that Gryla is also there. And since she eats children, good luck with that. The child will be protected from Gryla as she will be distracted via give me her weakness, please. So um, since we're doing this on the fly. Uh Uh-huh. I, like uh, I try. I tried to type in Gryla's weakness, and instead, it did it bring up a porn site? No, 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 no. Even funnier than that, actually. I don't. It decided to try to give me Bear Grylls' weakness, which is um, you know who I'm talking not about, right? Having a film crew. No, he suffers actually from life-threatening anaphylactic shock from bee stings. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's actually that's kind of scary. I'm yeah, sure right. Like, uh, right. No, I thought it was just, poor Bear. Know. I like that guy. I, I don't. Let it be on the record. JC does not approve Why of Why don't you Grylls. like Bear Grylls? Because uh, Les Strauss, the Survivor Man, is significantly better, more informational, and actually does the seven or however many days in those environments. Yeah, okay. Uh, Gryla doesn't have any weaknesses. She's also a freaking troll. She's huge. She's she's giant. She's way bigger than... Uh... Okay, so uh, Sansa's going to send the Yeti militia against her. Hold on. Since when the hell does Santa get the Yeti militia? You can't well, be using... So the- no, no, no. Hold on. You can't use Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, from Rankin and Bass as, like, your... No. No. False I can. And he has a Yeti <laughs> militia. <laughs> it was in a uh, documentary. A historical documentary. Uh, so, it is factual and can be used. It is part of the Santa mythos. Thank you. Have a nice day. He has... At least one Super Yeti on his side. That Super Yeti is going to call together the other Yetis, and there will be a Yeti militia ready to defend Santa Claus. It's going to be Yeti Geddon. <laughs> that was good. That was that was pretty good. That's your one and only compliment from me. <laughs> so the Yetis will tie her up. Obviously, uh, the cat, the Yule cat, easy, easy peasy. Uh, Mrs. Claus has a ball of yarn. There you go, kitty cat. Have That's a it. damn big ball of yarn. You do realize that the cat is huge. Huge yeah, cat, yeah. right? Miss, Mrs. Claus is also a magical being that can also just create a giant ball of yarn. Okay, first of all, I like how I, I said that it was Santa Claus alone versus the three baddies. No. Nope. Quote, quote, unquote, baddies. And now you've added in the elves, the Yeti militia, the... The reindeer. Wife, the reindeer. You know, I'll accept the reindeer, but... They're attacking. These three are going at Santa in his compound. He has access to all of his resources. You're lucky I'm not bringing living toys into this bullshit because I was thinking about it already. I've already limited myself to what I believe Santa should have and an army of snowmen. Well, snow people, I'm not here to assume their gender. But um, I just want you to know I'm limiting myself. You have no idea who you're up against. Um, do those toys come from the Isle of Misfit toys? Uh, not all of them, but some of them definitely will. And I think the Isle of Misfit toys would probably be some of Santa's strongest allies. Well, there you have it, Spooksters. Uh, apparently, JC's decided that Santa Claus could totally whip Ryla and Krampus. And we didn't even talk about Belschnickels because honestly, the guy's kind of a huge drunk who just likes to break into people's houses. 
Yeah. And scare and, and, and scare and hit kids. kids with with a switch. Yeah. Yeah. Which okay, little side story. My great uncle and I didn't know this because I was not born yet, and he was gone by the time I would remember any of this. Uh, he used to dress up as the Belschnickels and scare the crap out of all the kids uh, in my mom's family when she was growing up. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he used to get, she said he'd get a little, you know, a little drunk and then have at it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it was kind of funny. I wish I had pictures of him dressed up like that because that would be funny. So, and, uh, Santa for the win. Yeah. All right, well, fine. Well, if, if those three decide to attack santa's compound now if they go at him when he's alone i think that might be a little different but right now that version santa's compound that's where we're ending it today because it gives me a win so you know i think for fun well we're gonna put a twitter survey up who would win in Uh the battle we'll put you know gryla krampus and belge nichols the alliance and right the alliance and then we'll put santa and, and his compound. And his compound. And then we'll see what the uh, what, what the spookster thinks, too. We'll see if we come to the same the same conclusion, you know? Yeah, that uh, the compound is victorious. Just because when you're defending a location, you have a much greater strategic advantage. And I don't think those three are bringing enough to the table. Those elves, they, they spend all, all year making toys. They're jacked. They're not, they're not pansy little elves, okay? Okay, so since we talked about at the end of um, the last podcast, a little <laughs> mess up that we had with Patreon, we have now been unmarked as adult content <laughs> because, you know, that was my mess up. So you should be able to find us now with no problemo, Mission Spooky at Patreon. Um, like uh, we said before, though, we're still, we have tiers one and two. We're going to be working on three and up uh, coming in January. We have a lot of cool ideas, so... But now you can find us with no problem. Yay. Yeah, and uh, once again, we thank you guys for your patience, because we are amateurs at this. We are figuring this out as we go, and we're doing what we can. I mean, Kiki's doing most of it, as much as I don't like giving her compliments. Uh, <laughs> she is doing a lot. Um, and we really, really appreciate once again, all the feedback you guys give us is outstanding and we do, do take it into consideration. We're trying to format our episodes a little differently dude. from the feedback you guys gave us. There's definitely been a few very positive, uh, criticisms, which is great. And that's what we're looking for. Don't just say you guys suck, but give us, why do we suck? Let us know. Uh, I mean, we don't. And you, we all know it um, because we're fantastic. And once again, if you can go to iTunes, uh, give us a review, listen to us on all the things, share us. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we, we love you guys and we hope that you appreciate the th- content that we, we put out there because we appreciate you guys listening to it. And uh, just the podcast community in general is amazing. Again, it's been so awesome. Like this time of year, everybody's trying to help each other. It's fantastic. Nobody's like, oh, we're so much better than everybody else. You know, what I think is really cool is there's a ton of people doing kind of what JC and I do, but we're all just slightly different from each other that there's tons of content like and I'm finding that with my own playlist like finding new people to listen to that's kind of neat that we're all like hey it doesn't matter that there's 2000 crime people right now because they're all good 
there's yeah. all information like i'm learning stuff from every silly somebody could tell me about jack the ripper like four thousand times i don't care because i'm gonna listen to it because there's little pieces of information that some people haven't picked up on along the way or there's a different take from a different person so yeah it's really cool we love it also i want to and i didn't talk to kiki about this but um i want to throw this out there that if you guys have spooky stories if you have Things in your life that are going on that you would like advice on how to deal with that are in the spooky section of your life, uh, hit us up and we'll we'll research it and we'll give you our uh, honest and hopefully helpful advice because we're here to help and educate and punch ghosts in the face. I'm not punching ghosts in the face. Well, that makes it's one just, of us. It's just me. Look, if that ghost is throwing my dishes on the floor, right? He's breaking my dishes. He's getting punched in the face. That's how it goes. He's not paying rent. He's not helping with the with the bills, you know? And he thinks he can come in and slam my doors. No, no. That guy's getting punched right in the face. Thank you very much. I would have one addendum to that, which is not that we wouldn't be interested in hearing people from all over the country or even in other countries' uh, stories. It'd be really cool to get some stories specific to Bucks County, Lehigh County, like this area, especially places that if JC and I have, we have a, like a huge list of places to talk about. There are so many haunted places around here. It'd be really cool if one of those stories winds up matching up with something that we're actually going to be talking about in the future anyway. Funny story just ran into somebody completely by chance that had an awesome story to talk about a, a haunted inn that is on our list for January. So we're going to be talking about that. And she was more than happy to sit down with me and tell me her whole entire story of what had happened to her. Uh, one one story in particular, she had tons of them and she's we still are thinking about interviewing her separately too. But the one story was really compelling. And yeah, yeah. anyway. Your experience is entertaining and interesting enough to be on the pot uh, look we always love ghost stories and stuff but most ghost stories once again are like the one i had in my basement where it's just oh i heard a weird noise well that's not that's not gonna fill an episode so it's not that we don't appreciate it and it's not that we don't want to hear it but we also have to think of content however speaking of that oh yeah if i might put up on instagram and twitter together hey have you had an experience with blank have you ever had oh, this happen? that's a good idea right because then we could do like a whole podcast of just people's experiences that might be really cool i like, yeah, that, I like idea. that that's a good idea good job and that ladies and gentlemen is why i'm the producer and editor of the show <laughs> <laughs> you've done a great job coming up with the ideas for our patreon tiers so that's i did that's, a thing guys i did 100 percent. you so proud of you oh my god awesome let's just say one of the tiers we're playing around with involves me sending you things i draw <laughs> and let's just say i'm a terrible artist but it'll be funny I actually, I, I actually love that. That's gonna yeah, be really me too. Cute. Especially because it's, it's on a higher tier than your thing. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get a professional like piece of artwork from me, but you'll get like a <laughs> garbage. <laughs> you'll get absolute garbage from JC for more money. I can't wait. It's gonna be so great. <laughs> I love. It. He's rolling his eyes like I yes. really am. I love it. I love it. Uh, but um, okay, so as follows on patreon now 
Instagram, Twitter. Biggest announcement is that we will have a Facebook page available on December 19th. December 19th will be the official release date for our Facebook page that is going to be run by the magnificent JC. Thank you. I am pretty magnificent. I appreciate it. And I'm going to run it with an iron fist. <laughs> there will be no mercy. But that should be in like two days, guys. So uh, this comes out Tuesday. So by Thursday, it will it will be there sometime on Thursday. All right, guys. Well, that's a wrap on interesting and crazy, weird Christmas stories from around the world and Pennsylvania. As always, stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us. I would like if you die during like a shipwreck, do the message in the bottle and just throw it in the water and we'll we'll get it when we go to the beach. <laughs>